This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you on not a great day for the Sixers. Not a great day for Philadelphia. Sixers lose last night at home and, and really blew an opportunity that, that I, I don't even know if we've properly like wrapped our minds around the opportunity the Sixers blew in game six. Not only did they have a 3-2 lead and they could have closed this thing out, but Jason Tatum was awful again in the first half. Like The Celtics' best player was pitiful until the fourth quarter and the Sixers couldn't put him away. We'll go get into every aspect of this. Tucker will hop on in a few minutes, give his thoughts on what happened here. And, of course, we we'll look forward to Game 7. Sixers at the Celtics on Sunday, Mother's Day, which is just weird because we know the Kawhi shot was on Mother's Day 2019. The Ben Simmons disaster was on Father's Day 2021, so it's just a weird omen. But let's talk about Game 6. And there's a lot that, that kind of just frustrates me about that game last night. Number one, we'll start with the beginning. I thought finally Joe Mazzola did something right as a coach and and the switch to the two big lineup and putting Robert Williams out there obviously affected the Sixers. They made P.J. Tucker have to take and make shots. And I think it's probably a good strategy for the Celtics. Just leave him alone and the ball's going to go to him. Let him shoot the basketball eight times. It means someone else is not shooting the basketball eight times. So a good job by the Celtics early on. I thought the Sixers early offensively were really poor. If you had asked me, through a quarter and a half, are the Sixers going to win? I would have said no. But then Tatum never woke up. The Sixers finally woke up a little bit. And you get to that third quarter, and Tyrese Maxey was the only redeeming quality of the Sixers' offense really basically the whole night. And he did enough really on both ends of the court to keep them in it, alive. And then as the Celtics kind of fell off in that third quarter, the, the Sixers took control. I mean, they led the game entering the fourth quarter. They led entering the fourth quarter at home in a closeout game. And when they went up, you know, by a, a bucket, 83-81, with about six minutes to go, that had to be it. It just, it had to be it. And from that moment forward, it was remarkable to watch how bad the offense was. From 5.57 to go, I believe, 
to the end of the game, the six until 22 seconds to go, which whatever was garbage time at that point. So basically, you know, five and a half minutes of basketball, they scored one point. They scored one point in an eliminate, you know, closeout game at home with, with over a five and a half minute span. It's just unacceptable. I mean, the offense down the stretch was unacceptable. And, you know, it was the worst. We've seen the best of James Harden. We've seen the best of Joel Embiid at times in this series. Obviously, Harden's had some really big games. I mean, like, historically big games. He's also had some tough ones. And with Joel Embiid, I thought he grew up a little bit in game five and showed really toughness in, in a series that is, is really meant to be tough on him. And, and he reverted. And, he, and so did James Harden. Those last five minutes was the worst of those two guys. And, and it kind of reminded you why they have had so much trouble going deep in the playoffs and winning in the playoffs and becoming champions. I mean, you just can't have it where you don't make a shot for that long. And some of this is on Harden for decision-making. And I think Harden sometimes just, it, well, both of them, but, but let's just go Harden for a second, just wants to go to the free throw line. Like has really no interest in actually putting the ball in the bucket. His objective is to get to the line. And when the call's not coming, he didn't know what to do. And Joel Embiid down the stretch, you know, after the game, Joel Embiid talking about how he didn't touch the ball for the last four minutes. You're, you're the MVP of the league. Get down in the post and put your arm up. You're the tallest guy on the court. You're the biggest guy on the court. Like, if you think if Joel Embiid put his arm up and demanded the basketball, they're not going to get him the ball. Like, James Harden's not going to pass it to him, or Maxie's not going to pass it to him. It's, it's baloney. I mean, like, that end-of-the-game stuff was the worst. And they let it, they let the, the Celtics off the hook. They allowed Jason Tatum to get hot. And Tatum's not afraid. I mean, he's had some bad games, the bad halves in this series. But he's just shooting the lights out. I mean, he took their soul in the fourth quarter. When he took that one three on the wing over Embiid, like it beat right in his face that he just shot it. I was like, oh no. You know, they, he just took their soul. I mean, what a disappointing effort by the Sixers. What on every single level, a disappointing effort. Maxi was the only one that showed up for 48 minutes on offense. Hard and bad again as he's been up and down this series. And Joel Embiid, I mean, for all we praised him for game five, and I gave him credit for growing up a little bit. That was that he. He reverted. That was the Joel Embiid I've seen so many times in the second round after a tough loss at home where he doesn't know what to do. He's kind of out of it mentally. And then, of course, with about you know, a minute and a half to go, the Sixers hardened and beat. And Doris Burke called him out on ESPN. They're walking up and down the court. They're walking as the Celtics are running past them. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Tucker, I mean, there's been a lot of, of disastrous, you know, games the Sixers have had in the second round over the last five years. But last night, I mean, it's right up there. Like, it was there for them. And the fact that Tatum was so bad... Like, imagine if I told you before the game, Tatum is doesn't make a shot in the first half and Maxi drops 26. I mean, I think you're saying that we're celebrating today. Yeah, I mean, that that's a recipe for success. And I think what's so tough for me is they they tricked us again. They, they made us actually believe that they could do it. And, and for the last three days, everyone at WIP was talking about how, you know, that loser behavior, the attitude they had, that the 
way they always come up short, that was behind them, right? The, the way they came back in game four and then they stole game five in Boston, that was it. That that squashed it, right? Like everyone talks about LeBron in game six against Boston early in his career when he was able to beat, uh, you know, Kevin Garnett and those guys. And, and that was the turning point in his career where he figured things out and could go deep into the postseason. I thought that was this week for the Sixers. And it turns out we were wrong because what we saw in the fourth quarter was every nightmare we've had with this team over, over the last half decade or so came up. And, you know, I thought they played really well. Like that third quarter, Joel Embiid was fantastic, especially defensively. He had that unbelievable block and then he, he saved it. That set up a, a fast break to, to really key that run where they took the lead to, to head into the fourth quarter. But you go through the box score. It was the whole team. Like, no one stepped up. You could say Maxi played well. He did shoot 9 and 20. But, I mean, Tobias Harris made one shot. In 42 minutes, he was one for seven from the field. You got nine meaningful points on the bench. I know Jaden Springer had two points in, in garbage time once they were down double digits in the final minute. But this is a superstar-driven league. And I think as we kind of look ahead to Game 7 on, on Sunday, it's on Joel Embiid to get this team out of it and break the cycle. I know there, there were seven and a half point favorites or, or underdogs when the line came out on, uh, on last night. But if you're Joel Embiid, you have to win that game. And I mean, that I think is your legacy. And if you don't win, I think you're going to be labeled a loser. Like that's kind of where we are now with him and his career. And is it unfair to, to possibly put everything on 48 minutes of basketball Maybe, but when you're the MVP and you want to be the, the face of the league and first team all NBA, that's the expectation. Like, like it's not unfair to say to him, hey man, you better go out and win the game. I don't care what Tobias Harris does. I don't care what PJ Tucker does. I don't care what Tyrese Maxey or, or DeAnthony Melton, who was terrible last night. But it doesn't matter what those guys do. If the Sixers want to move on and they want to break this cycle and they don't want to go into an offseason with the same exact questions we've had about them the last five years, Joel Embiid has to play like an MVP and win on Sunday. That's the bottom line. And for a fan base that pretty much entered this season saying, doesn't matter until the second round. We'll catch you in the second round. I don't care about the regular season. It's all about the second round. If you blow it this way, if you do it like this, does anyone even show up next year until you get to the conference finals? Because everyone was already skeptical about this team. And if you break everybody's heart, once again, it's going to be hard to get anybody back on board unless there are wholesale changes with this franchise. I mean, I agree with everything Tucker just said there, um, especially looking forward. Like it's a legacy. It, it's Joel Embiid has to pull them out of this. And, and there was something about last night that, that brings me back to frustration with Joel Embiid. And I'm going to agree with he and James Harden to an extent. I did think the refs were poor last night. Now they didn't, they didn't cost Sixers the game. I, do, I thought though officiating was an issue last night. They blew some calls. The goaltending on Embiid was a just a bad call. Um, they had the one where Doc called Doc got the reversal. Uh, Missoula also went for a challenge and got it reversed. So like two calls they obviously got wrong. That when the coaches challenged it, it went the other way. So that's just three off the top of my head that I know the refs were bad on. And then this is a this is a small thing. But I'm a, it, it kind of spins into a bigger thing and, and why the Sixers need to change their mentality before we get to a game seven here. Like that that missed call, that mistake they made on, on the clear path versus the take foul where Embiid shot them and then a couple possessions go by and then they say, oh, no, Maxi, you have to shoot him. It didn't actually hurt them, right? Maxi made both free throws, as did Embiid. It didn't take any points off the board. But that's the kind of play, like momentum stopped there. 
Um, and it kind of, I think it was an Embiid block. I'm trying to remember the exact sequence. I think it was an Embiid block, a good defensive play. Then they had to stop things. Maxi take the two free throws. I thought momentum hurt the Sixers a little bit there. and kind of helped the Celtics in a weird way. But you know what? This is the playoffs. And bleep happens in the playoffs. Like, that's it. Like, that, that's the part about, while I agree with Harden, while I agree with the Reds were not very good in game number six. They just weren't. you got to overcome it. You have to overcome bad shooting halves like Jason Tatum did. You have to overcome the referees. On Sunday, they'd have to overcome the crowd up in Boston. Like Being a champion in the NBA isn't just about who's the best player, who the best team. Like you know, it, There's a lot that goes into this. It's, it's almost a war of mental attrition. You know, emotional terrorism is what Doc Rivers called it a couple weeks ago. It is. I mean, it is on us as fans, but I think it is on the players too. And it's the guys that are the mentally strong and strongest. That's the ones that come through. And as far as, you know, being fair or unfair that everything we think about Joel Embiid comes down to this particular game uh, on Sunday, I don't think it's unfair. And guys, I think it's ironic. I I really do. I know there was a, a significant push from the Sixers fan base for Joel Embiid to be the MVP, to finally get his recognition as the best player uh, in a particular season. So many called him the best player in the world. Guys, he hasn't been close to that in the playoffs. He just hasn't. I mean, Nikola Jokic has been the best player in the playoffs by a lot. Like, it's time. You know, Joel Embiid had a big and a nice game five, and they won on the road. But it is time. Like, Jokic just averaged a 30-point triple-double and just closed out Kevin Durant on the road last night. It's time for Joel Embiid to play like the best version of himself in, in the playoffs. And I've mentioned this so many times over the years, and no one really like likes when I say it. He's a markedly worse player in the playoffs. Look at his numbers this year. Look at his numbers in this series compared to the regular season. We, we just watched a regular season where he averaged 33-10-4 on 54% shooting, 33 from downtown. Like he's, I'm looking at it right now. He's probably down in every single one of those categories, maybe save for rebounds. It actually might be down in every category. And the Sixers have been outscored when he's on the court in four of the six games he's played. I mean, that uh, four of the five games he's played, that's the reality of him right now. He's got to be better. They got to be better. It's just so disappointing. I, I, I wish I could tell you right now, I knew which Sixers team was going to show up on Sunday. I don't. I have no idea. Do I think Harding will be a little bit better? Because it seems like it's just it's it's a yes or a no on his shooting. You know, it's either yes or no, good or bad. I do think he'll be a little bit better. Now I, I can't predict your end of the game how he performs. I, I would I would guess it's a little bit of a better of a Harding game. I'm not sure we see another 45, but I think it's a better Harding game than what we got in game number game number six. Um, as for everyone else, I, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, Tucker mentioned the line; they're significant underdogs, but they were in game one. And they were in game five. This series home court has meant very little. It just hasn't meant anything. Now, maybe game seven is different. I do think there is something to the fact that Boston literally did this last year. Like they went and lost game five at home, went to Milwaukee and won in game six. And they came back and and they won, you know, without much sweat in game seven against Milwaukee back in Boston. So they're not going to be afraid at the moment. I I kind of just based on the series, you kind of know what you're getting out of the Celtics. It's going to be on the Sixers to man up. That's it. Like, there's going to be a moment in game seven where the Celtics go on a blitz and they hit five threes on the fast break, and it's like, boom, they're up 10. The Sixers got to man up. They have to man up and and mentally, not just physically, but mentally figure it out. Just an extremely disappointing game for the Sixers here. I don't think there's a 0% chance they win game seven, but I'd be lying to you if I told you I, I felt 
great. I mean, it's, it's game seven on the road for a team that has showed very little championship DNA outside of PJ Tucker. I mean, it's just, it's not been there. This team doesn't have it. Um, you know, as we look forward to the game, I'm with Tucker. It's on Joel Embiid. It's on him to be better. And this is like a crossroads for the franchise, this game. Like next time we do this, this show, WIP Daily, and appreciate everyone listening on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, watching us on the video podcast, however you consume it, we appreciate it. Next time we do this, it, it's it's the biggest just difference between, you know, the franchise. Like they could be in the Eastern Conference Finals and all of this ups and down, we just wipe it away and then go beat the Heat or the Knicks or whatever. But if they lose, man, it's very difficult to ever believe in them again, ever. I mean, it, like they, of all the second round nonsense over the years, this one, this one feels like it'll be the toughest to get through. Hopefully Sunday is different. The series has been up and down. I, I don't know. But Joel Embiid's got to be better. Outscored 14-3 in the final six minutes is just, it's not even close to good enough. It's its not championship worthy. And if he needs inspiration, go look at what the guy that everyone thought that he was better than all year just did last night and throughout this playoffs because Jokic has played 10 times better than Embiid has. He's got to be better. Six has got to be better. They all got to be better on Sunday in Boston. Appreciate everyone listening to WIP Daily. We'll be back next week. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And go Sixers on Sunday. Hopefully, hopefully it's a different outcome than a miserable game number six.